Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. The transition in and out was not as quick as it normally is, so we um, have a few seconds here to get in order. So welcome into this Friday edition of Footnotes. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Also, you can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you have something that you would like to discuss, now is the time to do it. Um, or the second hour. Uh, we'll be talking... Final Four basketball with our good friend Danny Broussard in the next segment, and then Cajun baseball with our other good friend Craig Melanson after that. So most of the second hour will be talking to guests. I mean, the first hour will be talking to guests. Second hour wide open for phone calls as we finish out a week, and it's been, um, I mean, a pretty busy week. Lots going on locally, regionally. Nationally, it is April. And I, you know, we have begun this new thing in Major League Baseball where they start the season in March. But for 90 something percent of my life, baseball would never have started before. So I said, oh, they're starting late. Well, really, they're not. I mean, they're starting on April 7th. That's about when baseball started most of my life. April 7th, April 5th, April 6th. It's really not later than it's ever started. Uh, you know, it's that's just a that's a very recent thing that the seasons start in um in in late March. And they're also kind of trying to throw this thing they all oh, the I don't think they're I still think they're going to have more off days than they used to. Uh, this idea that somehow it's going to be so the schedule is going to be so compact. I don't think it's going to be that much more comp. We're just in an era right now where they're trying to give more off days, which I'm okay with theoretically, but um, it, it, it's not that different. Normally, opening day was for decades. It seemed like opening day was the the Monday of the national championship game, which is. Monday, and so it's starting like three days later. Like, it's not a big deal. Anyway, again, welcome. We've got, um, we talked a little bit yesterday about the Pelicans as they come down the stretch in the NBA. So last night, just to follow up on that, last night, the Clippers lost in overtime To the Bulls. Tonight, they're going to play the Bucks, who won in overtime at the Nets. 
And so, and the Lakers and the and the and the uh, Pels will play the Lakers. So that right now the Pelicans are two up on the Spurs and the Lakers. Spurs on the tiebreaker over the Lakers. And three and a half behind the Clips, which sounds impossible. And look, if the Clips went tonight, then it's over. I mean, and it's probably over anyway. I get that. I'm just saying it's not impossible. If the if the Clippers beat the Bucks tonight, then it's over. By the way, the Clippers have, I guess, because of tie, they must have the tiebreaker over the Spurs or some, and maybe the Pels too. I don't know, but well, no, not the Pelicans. But anyway, they for whatever reason they clinched a um, a spot in the play-in at least. So they, there's no way they can be out of the play-in even if they lose the rest of their games. But um, if they do, they're they're three and a half up on the Pelicans. If the Clippers lose to at Milwaukee tonight, and you say, well, they're going to lose at Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee had an overtime win, and you know that was a big emotional. The whole country was talking about it all night and all morning, all the NBA fans. So it was a big win. It's not impossible. Paul George is back. The Clippers, though, they've lost nine of their last 12. They're free-falling right now. And so it's not impossible. Because they play one another. I think it's Wednesday next week. The Pelicans play the Clippers. So if the Pelicans beat the Lakers tonight and the Bucks beat the Clippers, which most people would say is probably what's going to happen. does Not a lot, but probably the Pelicans will beat the Lakers and probably the Bucks will beat the Clippers, but it's certainly, you know, could easily happen the other way. But if the if those two things do happen, they're two and a half back, they play them, and they own the tiebreaker. Not impossible. So just kind of um keeping um keep just kind of following that to see how that's gonna gonna play out. By the way. Wait a minute. Did yeah. you just talk about basketball? Oh, I did. I don't mind talking about basketball. I just not I can't be a basketball fan. <laughs> I got no problem with talking about basketball, but the the way that I'm a fan of the Saints and the Astros, where you mm-hmm. live and breathe with it every day, yeah, and you you know, and that's all you think about as a fan. I can't do that. I, I did that in the '70s and '80s and into the '90s with the Cajuns and the Lakers. I, I but I, I can't. Do, I had to give it up. I just can't take basketball. I can't sit there and watch a game like I do the Saints and the Astros. I would have stroked out a decade ago. I mean, basketball is just too, it's just too um, subjective. It's just, it's the way I describe basketball is it's a Hail Mary play on every possession. And it's, and you're just all waiting to see what the officials are going to call. That's what basketball is. To me. I just can't, I just can't take it as a fan. I said, I don't like the game. I grew there were, you know, when I was young, it was my favorite sport. But I just, I, I my temperament, the emotional investment I make it to, I just, it just, we just don't match up. Some people just don't mesh. Just like sometimes guys and girls, you, you have a relationship, huh? We got to go. It, we just don't mesh. It's okay. the way it works. We'll make sure that I was so, hearing you correctly. I don't mind talking about it. We talk about Cajun basketball, LSU basketball, 
Uh, we'll talk about, you know, I'm not going to follow the We don't follow the NBA much, you know, with 30, 40 games to go. But we certainly are going to come in and talk about, um, you know, once they get to the playoffs. And I just, I, I, I enjoy schedules and everybody say, oh, this is over. And then you look and they're chasing, you know, that's just the funds of races. So we're, yes, we're going to comment on basketball and even analyze it a little bit. And I got no issue with talking about the history of it for sure. But, um, okay, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting corrected. The Pelicans play the Clippers Sunday. So it's coming up. Now, again, the, Pel- the Clippers have to keep free falling. Like, uh, you know, they might win. It, it wouldn't shock me if they won in Milwaukee tonight. That wouldn't shock me. So if that happens... Um, you know that part of it is over. Doesn't mean the doesn't mean the Pelicans still can't win the little play-in tournament. They still could, but I'm just saying it's not totally. And it it doesn't even it may not even make that big a difference. Might, but it may not make that big a difference. But still, it's some something to chase. It's a goal when you're the Pelicans and you're still building and you have a little goal like that and, and you can meet it, that's pretty cool. So we'll see what happens. Plus, I have no great love for the Clippers, so it's kind of funny to watch them free-falling. LSU baseball, I was really surprised. You know, their two blowout wins over Florida and Gainesville this past Saturday and Sunday were impressive, but they didn't really... It did, you know. It seemed it was they were surprising because LSU really hasn't had very good, an impressive season so far in a lot of ways. And I was like, hmm, maybe they're getting things together. The, the problem, you know, how I look at baseball. The problem is if you win a bunch of games by getting a bunch of hits and scoring a bunch of runs, there's always going to be a game or two after that little stretch. And LSU has been really hot lately that you're going to have to win with defense and pitching because you, the game does not allow you to get, you know, to score a ton of runs every game you play and get a ton of hits every game you play. It just doesn't work that way. That It's just, that's not how baseball is. Baseball is not like, you know, Rick Barry shooting free throws where you could just make them over and over and over and over and over again. That's not the way baseball is. You know, you, you hit, you know, on the college level, I don't know. Good, you know, good, really good teams might hit three hundred or two ninety or three ten as a team, but even then, that's a lot of outs. So you you you, got, you can't keep hitting four hundred as a team. That just that doesn't happen. That's not something you can maintain. And I think LSU's they've been scoring way too many runs, getting way too many hits, and they had to pay the piper a little bit. Now again, they scored five runs. It wasn't like they got beat two to one. But, you know, it was, what, six to four or no, six to three going to the ninth. They did score two. They couldn't quite come back. They gave up. They were up two nothing until the fifth and gave up six runs in the fifth. Money allowed uh, six, five earned runs, six hits, walk three in five innings. So it's just, um, 
I don't know. The the Florida two wins, the two blowout wins over Florida didn't seem to fit, and so we'll see. Now again, because you, just like they did in Florida, they lost seven to two the first game, I believe, and they came back and won the series. So if they win the series, not a, it's still a, a great weekend. Anytime you win an SEC series, a good weekend. But we'll see if they if they don't if they don't win these next two, then I don't know how much you're going to be able to hang your hat as an LSU fan. If you're an LSU fan on those two wins in Gainesville, we'll see. Again, still learning about the team, new coach. It's still early in the season, so it's not time to panic. But we'll see. We'll see what happens the next two days. Game one was not good. Again, lost six to five last night to Auburn. And we'll play again tonight. All right. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, hook up with a good friend, Danny Broussard. We'll shift gears to talk about the final four matchups since it is tomorrow and Saturday in the Superdome in New Orleans. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. We have with us good friend Danny Broussard to talk about basketball. What else would we talk to Coach Broussard about? How are you, sir? <laughs> hey, we can talk about tennis. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> Unless you want to talk about Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe uh, and Jimmy Connors, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't have any problem oh, on, talking you gotta, about you gotta that. Throw in you got to throw in Jimmy Connors. First. Yeah, Jimmy no, Connors. I did. I'm good with Jimmy yeah. Connors. Yeah, the lefty, the lefty. Yeah, the lefty. <laughs> well, he was probably your favorite tennis player in the '70s I, and '80s. Absolutely, Jimmy Connors and Chris Everett Lloyd. Oh, didn't, they, I, didn't they? Weren't they married for a little yeah, while? Yeah, they they were. Yeah, they were. That was that was strange. <laughs> yeah. But 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 yeah, I, I was more of a McEnroe guy. I, I, I always did. Uh, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Anyway, um, but you you are you gonna you're going to the final four? Yes or no? Yes, I'm going, Kevin. I'm leaving. I'm leaving in a little bit. I like to go watch practice, but I'm not sure I'm gonna make it for the practices. But uh, yeah, I am. I am going for the weekend. I'm really excited about. About this, you know, Kevin. When uh, you know, I kind of mixed feelings when North Carolina was playing against um, against St. Peter's. I'm thinking to myself, man, wouldn't that be crazy to get St. Peter's in the Final Four? How crazy would that be? But then I started thinking, no, no, I want I want the Duke Duke North Carolina matchup. So um, so that that's going to be some something to see, you know. Okay, let let's start with the other one, and then we'll get we'll get right. to to, right. to to that one. Uh, uh, you know, right. I have several I have several thoughts about Villanova and Kansas, and one of them All is right. I I thought going into the tournament that the the I think it's the Midwest, the whatever region that Kansas was in was that LSU was in as well that was by far yeah. the weakest of the four regions. Like yes, I agree with that. I, I don't know that – like, is Kansas beating a real Final Four team on the way to get here? Like, Villanova, I thought Houston was really good. 
Like Villanova yeah. beat a really good team to get here. Kansas looks like the best team right now, but I'm yeah. wondering if it's because they just coming out of the weak region or are they really the best team? What do you think? Well, that's a very it's a very valid point you're making, and I and I totally agree with that. But but you know, man, they are good. They got you know they got some seasoned guy, you know. And then Kevin, right now, I think the difference with them is this is this Remy Martin, man. He's really he's really come back strong from his injury. I thought I saw something. I thought I saw something that it was a uh, something about like a record. He had had seven consecutive games where he his point total increased. You know, so like he came out after the injury. You know, he played limited minutes and only scored like let's just say five. The next game, eight, you know, and, and so he went seven consecutive games with picking up. Now, I think the last game, I think, broke his streak. I don't think he got uh, more than he had the game before. But still, he's been, you know, he's uh, kind of revitalized that team, I think. And he's he's a big factor why they're playing so well right now, I think. I think he's a key guy uh, in that in that lineup. And, I, and obviously, um, how you say his name? Ag- Agabadi, Agabaji. Well, don't ask uh, me. Yeah, I'm terrible with names. But, uh, you know, the, 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 he's probably the best player in the country. I mean, he you know he can score from inside. He shoots outside. I mean, he's he's just a hell of a player. So he can carry him, you know. But again, you always kind of look for that guy who's kind of you know in the in the background. And I think Remy Martin's going to be a key for them. All right. So we've all seen this happen both ways. When a really good team loses one of its best players, we've seen teams rally behind the loss of a player for a short period of time. Now, I I, I don't I don't think playing on the back half, like like let's say Villanova beats Candace. I, I don't think they'll be able to do it on Monday. But is uh-huh. it possible they could do it in this one game with five, you know, with like five or six days of rest in between games and 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 to prepare for? Right. That they, I think the preparation is the key. At least you know it's not like a back to back game where you know what I'm saying where they they, they 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 couldn't do a lineup. Now he's had to he's got a chance to practice all week without him. So I think that that's big. And then. Kevin, I tell you what, man. I mean, it's a, he's a Louisiana guy, but I think Caleb Daniels might be one of the best six men in the country, man. This kid is playing unbelievable. Um, he, if people don't know, they're listening. It's a kid. He's from St. Aug in New Orleans. Um, he first went. He signed with Tulane. We played them, Kevin. I want to say his tenth grade year. And I was I was asking Wes and Nick this week. I said, "How the hell did we beat that St. Aug team with him? I mean, he was an animal, man." But uh, I never forget. We jumped on him early in the, in the country day tournament. We, I mean, we jumped on him big. We played. We were playing out of our minds. And in the second half, he, he took over and he made the game. We wanted to speak now and now, but this kid, you could tell he was going to be really, really good. But man, I wouldn't have foreseen him as being this good in college, you know. But but I tell you, man, you know, now, now he gets a chance to play more. I, 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 he's he's really good, Kevin. This Caleb, he can, you know, he can shoot it, man. He gets to the rim. He's, he's a strong kid, Kevin. This, he, I guarantee you, he's one. Of, I, I don't know what. You know, bench pressing it would be, but I'm just telling you that this kid's one of the strongest players in the in the Final Four. So we've got, again, you've got a great coach and a great program who's probably telling his team all week long, y'all. Have, everyone's thinking y'all have no chance to win because right. we're playing without one right. of our best players. So what do you think? Can they overcome that, or is Kansas just too good for that? No, I tell you, I tell you the truth, man. I'm not counting Villanova out because Kevin, like you said, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. He gets credit for for being the best dress coach uh, in America, yes. uh, but but man, I'm telling you, Jay Wright can coach. Man, this guy, he's really good, Kevin. I think he's very, you know, underrated. I think you know, sometimes you ask who the best coaches are, his name sometimes you know gets you know you talk about self and and uh, and uh, Shirley Shashevsky, but he gets left off a lot. And I'm telling you, this guy can really coach, man. Hey, Kevin, this is interesting too. Uh, 
I don't know if you and I have a discussion about this, but I'm, I'm amazed about how COVID, and, and I, I think it's COVID. You think it might be the, the uh, sponsorships, but but coaches, I'm telling you, COVID gave them excuse not to wear the coat and ties anymore. And so so now all you see them with is their sweats, which you said probably by the Nikes and the right. Adidas of the world, and they're probably paying them extra money to say, hey, where are my sweats? Because if you remember right, Bobby Knight always wore the uh, the Adidas uh, uh, sweat, sweat, sweater. Right, know? right. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure he was getting paid pretty much back then, and he was the kind of first one of the first guys to do that. But you don't see the coat and tie anymore. Now, I, this is crazy, but I'm watching the games. But has Jay Wright is he still is he still wearing his three piece suits or not? I haven't noticed. Oh, I th- I don't know about three piece suits, but I've certainly seen him in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking yeah. about I'm talking about like in this regional. He did. Yeah. He wore his suit or he, or he uh, put the sweat. I'm trying to I can't remember. remember. Me neither. I haven't really. I'm surprised I haven't looked at that because it's one of the things that catches my eyes is that. All these coaches now are wearing sweatsuits. So anyway, we'll see. But uh, no, Kevin, look, Villa. I mean, it, Villanova could well could well, and, and like you said, the point about Kansas, how many good teams they beat on the way up there? Where Villanova did. So uh, I, I really had picked Houston to be. I thought like you, uh, Houston. I thought has the best defensive team in the country, and I thought they might give Villanova problems. But Villanova handled them. You know, I mean, pretty good. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be shocked about this one game theory like you have that. They're going to rally around their lost player. Caleb Daniels is really, really good. I, it wouldn't shock me if Villanova would beat Kansas. Uh, personally, I'm, 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 I'm wanting a Duke Kansas final. Final. That's for me. That's what I'm. Well, I'm, again, I'm and, and, and it may happen, which leads me yeah. to my next yeah. point. Look, there's no yeah. question. Uh, coach K is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, coach ever. But he's also kind of like time. He's the luckiest guy. Like, <laughs> how lucky can you be? Like. Finally, it looked like Carolina would get one over him. Like they beat him in his house <laughs> yeah. to finish out his, you know, the regular season, and they yeah. and they crushed yeah. him. And and all the Carolina fans are all fired up. They got no matter what happened, they were thinking, well, we got this one over him. You know, we can say that. <laughs> and then for the first time ever, they meet, and, and, and you know, Duke's gonna win. And so. <laughs> It's going to be easier for Duke to beat Villanova than it will for Duke to beat Kansas, I believe. And so probably Villanova's going to upset him so it's easier and they can have the storybook finish. <laughs> That's funny. Sam. I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, I, it is unbelievable. And look, talk about lucky. I think I think they got really lucky when, when I think Gonzaga had been a tougher matchup than Arkansas was. So I think they got lucky on that, on that, yes. end, on that end, too. Some people they get look. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if they the goats, and they might be. And I, I, all that ranking stuff is silly. But they the loads for sure. Both of those two. Oh man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> they the loads. No doubt, yeah. doubt about it. But but do uh, do you give Carolina a chance? I know you're a Duke guy. So what do you think of the matchup? Oh no, it, it, it's, I think it's going to be a great game. But but Kevin, to be honest with you, again, I'm, I'm thinking that. That game that they lost is actually going to come back to be. I think that's probably the best thing that happened to Duke because had they had they let's just say they accepted beat them by like fifteen and they had beat them both times by fifteen. I think that that have been harder for them guys to get their attention, so to speak. You know, uh, you know, I say it, it's a it's a Final Four game. I know we had them focused, but I'm just saying I think in the long run that that might be a blessing in disguise that they got beat like that because uh, now. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's just a it's just a, I don't know it's just a thing I think a mental thing that they're saying hey man, uh, you know yeah like you just talked about they might have got us 
at our place. But this is where, you know, now we're going to get them right back. So I don't know. It's an interesting game. I think anybody obviously could win that. But I think if, you know, it's like anything else. I think if Duke shoots the ball, they're not a, they're not a great three-point shooting team. And neither is North Carolina. Neither one of those are great three-point shooting teams. But, but if Duke's – and they've been playing well. Of course, North Carolina's been playing well. But, uh, Kevin, I, I, you know, I got my own pool, and I didn't pick my own – and I love them. But I didn't pick Duke because I think they weren't playing that good at the end of the regular season. No, you know? they weren't. Uh, no, they weren't. They weren't. But, man – they really have turned it up. I, I, I uh, when I went and watched that uh, Florida State game, Kevin, I was really, uh, especially the first half, I was like, "What is going on with Duke's defense?" I like, I never remember seeing them like. They, I thought they were bad. They just like uh, uh, Florida State was exploiting the pick and roll. They they were hitting a roll guy. He was killing them. And then when and then when they went to help, he'd kick out for wide open threes. I'm like, man, this is not Duke's defense at all. What is going on? But uh, obviously they straightened that out. And, uh, you know, Kevin, I think if you look at these Final Four teams, there's a, there's a common thread between all of them. That they're all good defensively, and they can all make free throws. All these teams are good free throw shooting teams. And that, in, in a big game like this, man, when it comes down to that final, you know, three or four minutes, free throws are so crucial, you know. Now, what do you think? We talk about this a lot of time at the high school level to go play in college gyms. And yeah. this, is, this is not a usual gym. This is no. – no. They're playing in a huge arena, and it's not really a basketball arena. And I wonder if that could affect the shooting. I, I, I always think it does, Kevin. Uh, I, I can remember, and I, I can't remember the team it was, but I remember one game, uh, this team came out, I forgot, and it was a Final Four game. They came out hot as down. I was like, man, it's not, and I, and I think it was in New Orleans. That the, but but uh, no, Kevin, the Superdome is a huge place, and there's no background at that goal, you know, so yeah, yeah, you got to believe it's gonna it's gonna affect them, uh, especially in the first half of both games, and uh, until they kind of get acquainted with it. But uh, yeah, for the most part, arenas like that are usually pretty tough to to shoot on. It takes them a while to uh, to, to figure that out, you know. So I think that'll be a factor. And and again, all these teams have good inside games, you know. So if the shooting goes awry, they'll always they'll always you know go to that go go to the post and and get that ball inside and attack the rim. And the, those guards are so good off the dribble that they're going to get to the rim, you know. So uh, it, it, it is kind of a factor in one point, but at the same time, all these, all these teams will adjust. And uh, in my opinion, they'll either just get to the rim or feed the post and, and, uh, and, and try to score that way. So normally I, it seems like the officiating in the Final Four, they're going to let them play a little more than they would normally let them play. Do you anticipate that? Well, yeah, kind of. Until I watched, when, I watched the first, when I watched the first two minutes of that uh, – of the St. Peter's game, and the kid blocks his shot for Carolina, and they call a foul. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. They already take care of North Carolina. So, uh, but <laughs> you got to believe that in this game, they're gonna they're gonna let them play. I think uh, pretty much. Man, Kevin, I don't know if you saw that game, but and and, and uh, man, uh, Pat Pat Adams is uh, like I, I've been knowing Pat Adams for 40 years. He called one of my first playoff games ever. He's a, he's an official from Baton Rouge, and he's really good. And uh, and uh, who was the NIT final last night? Remind me that was uh, Xavier and A and M. Yes, yes, and that was a hell of a game. But even the announcer was like Kevin. I I don't know if I've ever seen a worse. And again, Pat Adams is really good. And this other guy, I don't know his name, but he's always calling Carolina Duke games. He's 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 one of the best. He, obviously, he probably didn't get a Final Four game, but these are the next guys in line, you know. Yeah. And this other official is really good. Now the third guy, I really didn't recognize him, but those other two are like really really good. Man, 
when they were showing the replays, it was like, what call? Why did they call? Why did they call? Why did they not call it? I mean, it was it was bad last night. And you know, we've been talking about that. I talked to a few people about how they think this whole uh, tournament's been kind of badly officiated. Man, Kevin, I don't know if it's because of the speed of the game, the athleticism. They're just playing above the rim. And, like, I don't know, when when did they decide to call a foul? When did they not call one, you know? I mean, sometimes these guys are going in there, and if they fall into the floor, they sort of replay, they get bumped. How do you not? It's affecting that. To me, as a coach, here's what I want from an official. If it's going to affect my player's shot, call the foul, you know? If he's already released it, maybe, and it's on the way down, you know, okay, I get that. But if it's affecting and changing my shot, to me, you got to call that. And, man, I don't, I don't know how these college officials call it. I, I can't figure them out. But I'm just telling you, last night, one of the worst officiated games. Uh, and I didn't have no dog in the hunt. I, A&M, I, didn't, I couldn't care. That's the one that game. But I'm watching that, and I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, these guys, they were just bad last night. Well, and, hey, I guess it's like anything else, right? Yep. You, you, you got a bad day. I got a bad day. Both <laughs> those guys had a bad day. It's 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 unbelievable. All right, Danny, we appreciate your time. You have fun and be careful in New Orleans. All right, Kevin, you bet. Thanks for having All right. me on and uh, go Duke. Oh man, ball. <laughs> I hope Carolina wins. That would be hilarious. But I've seen it too many times. It's just setting up too perfectly. The storybook ending. It's unbelievable. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Talk. Switch gears to Cajun baseball with our friend Craig Malonso next. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Cat was left out in the cold, no ticket. All right, welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're going to shift gears. To Cajun baseball, you know, he might make a few Final Four comments because you know, he, he really likes college basketball. We have with us Craig Malonso. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, except for the uh, the, the pollen that is in the air right now. It's <laughs> killing me this morning. <laughs> I, uh, I get it. I understand. All right. So. Hey, wait, Kevin. Before we start, one thing. I hope North Carolina crushes Duke. I agree. I agree. My first Final Four was 1982 in New Orleans in the Superdome. I was there for Michael Jordan hitting the shot. So, loved me some college basketball. Oh, so. I was I was I was extremely excited about that. I was not there, but certainly uh, watched it. I was a humongous college basketball fan, a big Carolina fan back then, and uh, uh, it was um, it, you know. I remember when, you know, they got this Jordan guy to come on, you know, his freshman year. You know, he was an okay player his freshman year. He certainly he was like yep. at, at best the third best player on this team. Of course, I always liked power forwards and point guards. So I was a big fan of Jimmy Block and, 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 yep. and uh, you know, and Worthy, obviously. But, uh, no, that Jordan guy ended up being okay. But, um, yeah. 
So I'm with you, I, but but are you really expecting it to happen? Like all this storybook stuff just starts playing right into their hands, and you can. And he's just he's just so lucky, just like that other guy. Just sickening. But so anyway, you and I are on the same on the same page there. All right. So I made the comment earlier in the week that th- these next five games. You know, I don't know what to call it, but I, I just feel like the Cajuns have got fought back to 500. Their schedule from here on out is not as tough on paper. We understand you got to play the games, but it's not as tough as what their schedule's been from, you know, the opener to now, which has been an extremely tough schedule. If they can go three and two, even two and three, but especially if they can go three and two in these next five games, they got a chance to make some hay from here on out. Uh, exactly agree. I think three and two would be, I think everybody, if, if, if you, everybody except coach Deggs would take that right now, three right. and two, quite honestly, coach Deggs wants to go five and oh, right. We get that, uh, but, but, you know, heading up to Arkansas state though, it, it's a tough place to play. They've got a, it, it's, I hate to say unique. It's, it's not really a regulation field and Arkansas state always hits the ball out of there. And if they can just get a little bit of pitching, that's going to be a tough place to play. But that's that's looking way ahead right now. So. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm not thinking that they're just going to sweep every series after that. You still got to win the games. Could they lose? Of course they could lose. It's just that the schedule's been so rugged that, you know, they still got to go play Texas State, who's really good. They still got other good – they still got to play LSU. I mean, there's still other good teams to play. But it's not as every game, every series playing teams in the top 50 and 60, you know, in the country, you know, every week kind of schedule. So we'll see. Yeah, I think somebody said that we've had the fourth toughest schedule up to this point. So it's it, yeah, it, it's, can't, it can't get any harder, I don't think. Absolutely. All right, so what about the – before you get to Louisiana Tech next week, and we'll see how the weather – weather has not been too kind in the midweek games the last three or four weeks. But but what about this Georgia Southern team? They played each other in the in the Sunbelt Conference tournament semifinals last year. It was a really good game. The Cajuns should have won, but once again, can't get runner home from third with less than two outs in that game, to like, like has plagued them a lot uh, this season. What do you think of that matchup? Well, you know, it's one of those things that the teams are not familiar. Uh, I think this uh, it's been four years since we played a series against them. We've only played them in postseason play. It's been since 2017 wow. since Georgia Southern has been to the Teague for a, for a series. Um, you know, when, when at the beginning of the season, they got their face crushed by Tennessee. And I thought Georgia Southern was a bad ball club at that point. I had no idea how good Tennessee was, who looks to be definitely be the real deal. So, uh, scrappy, always, always seems to have good pitching. Uh, the back of the bullpen seems strong again. Um, Fisher, that will be starting on Saturday, uh, is one of those guys that was hurt in the season, missed about five weeks, I believe, and has come, since he's come back, in conference play, he's been pitching lights out. Unbelievable. So that's going to be an interesting matchup on Saturday. So, you know, this team, um, 
you know, it sounds like Bo Bonds, who was the pitcher of the week, is not going to be eligible for breaking team rules. So there's some things that were going on off the field that were not as good as they needed to be. Are you worried that could impact this team? Because it seems to be a team that was really together through all the ups and downs so far this year. Yeah, I think it, it really could. And, and and it's very sad that if he's not being able to play. And But at the same time, like I said, if you break a team rule, I like the discipline uh, by the coaches. But at the same time, it's time now for some of these other guys to step up. And we kind of saw that a little bit at the end of uh, the week, uh, the weekend last weekend with Chipper Menard. If Chipper becomes Chipper that pitched like he did last weekend, we'll be okay there. But I'm not sure Chipper is going to be able to go five innings like Bo Bonds did. Um, Jacob Schultz in a starting role, uh, a little bit surprising that he pitched as long as he did because he, he got off to – a bad start, uh, but was able to end up getting five innings out of him. And I think he worked himself out of a jam several times. So, yeah, I I just, I don't know how that's going to work out. Like, obviously that's just one start. I mean, he could come out and pitch tremendous um, tomorrow, but you know, 10 hits and five, you keep giving up 10 hits, you know, two hits an inning. I mean, it's going to be hard to get out of that a lot of times. So I, I we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But my question is this, do you think there's any, who, who could step up that's been playing a much lesser role and, and not necessarily do as good as, I mean, no one, look, Bo Bonds' relief outing last Friday was, maybe the best I've ever seen. So, I mean, you can't even expect that. But to come within anywhere near that good of an outing, who uh, does anybody come like, who could do that? Like, Dirk had a really nice performance. I don't know, you know, out of the blue um, earlier this week. What do you think? I think uh, one guy that we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, that, that pitched well in, uh, uh, in, in Round Rock, uh, Cooper Rawls, I think, has the ability to do that, but I don't know why he hasn't been pitching. I think Drew Shiflett shows 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 it at times. Uh, Tommy Ray uh, ended up pitching well last weekend. Uh, he, he struggled a little bit as a starter, but you know when you're coming out of the bullpen and you're six four, and you're coming from from the right side versus the lefty guys, I think that's a huge uh, change. So. How about uh, how about Christie? Yeah, you know that's another guy that we don't talk a lot about. I I I, I want to say that he had a little arm injury or a shoulder or something, but maybe not. Uh, but you still you still haven't seen a whole lot out of Dylan Toit yet, as far as numbers, as far as pitching a lot yet. And I think that's available too. I think, and I know Coach Deggs wants that uh, because we need some more left-handed arms. So, but David Christie, yeah. It just seems like it's going to take something from a pitcher that hadn't been given him a lot. And I I think Drew Schiffler could be the answer to the question because he didn't pitch at all last weekend. Now, I was told after the series that he was up throwing uh, in one of the games, maybe on Sunday. I I missed that because you can't really see the bullpen from where I am. But. But uh, so he was at least in the but but he didn't pitch at all. So I think he could be the answer to the question. Yeah, Drew Shiflett is definitely uh, a guy that we expected big things out of uh, when he when he got here. I mean, he was the Friday night starter, so I think it's definitely something he he's willing. He he's the kind of guy that 
can definitely get up there um, and, and do some things. You know, he was at Texas, so he understands big ball games. He like he understands playing in, in front of large crowds. So, um, man, he, we, we've got to have someone though, especially with Bonds out. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with the bats coming out and having an incredible weekend and pitching poorly and still winning. Yeah, and I like, think that's we're legal. starting to see that. Yeah, I think I think we're starting to see that with Tyler Robinson. Uh, uh, you know, he he, what was it last? Not last weekend. The weekend before, he got his first extra base hit, then got a couple more doubles, then hit the home run. Uh, at Southeastern. Now you got Rick Konis back in the lineup, and his bat was getting hot. You know, he was on a five-game hitting streak. I don't know if he's still, if, if he's still there, or if it's, uh, uh, if, it, if it's something that he's, he's, uh, I don't remember if he hit in, uh, at Southeastern last week, so. Anyway, so the the bottom line is it's really a big weekend. It's the second straight weekend the Cajuns are playing a team that's in first place in the standings, uh, and they're tied for first place right now. And if they can get another win, uh, you know, not sweep, if they just win two out of three, you got to really feel pretty good about where they are coming out of this after this brutal schedule, start to the schedule. Uh, two out of three would be a huge step forward. Uh... I spoke with Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, uh, yesterday afternoon, and you know he wasn't downplaying his team, but he was being honest that they hadn't really faced the top of the Sun Belt Conference yet, like we have. So he wasn't sure how this team was. I, I hate to say respond, but they're coming in, haven't played at the. At, at, none of these guys have seen Russo Park, so he wasn't sure how that was going to play out there. So it'll be an interesting weekend here for them. All right, should be lots of fun. Um, hearing that rain could impact the schedule Saturday, is anything official on that? No, I haven't seen. Uh, last I saw, the rain was going to be early, I think by, by uh, 2 or two o'clock or so. Uh, it's pretty much supposed to be cleared out. I think it's only like a 20% chance of rain. And now that was when I looked at it yesterday morning. I haven't looked at it today yet. So, All right, sir. Appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the weekend at the ballpark. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Craig Malone's song. We'll see what the Cajuns do. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Finish out the first hour on the game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college, where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, if you would like to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival, May 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama, you need to go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club, and you might win those VIP passes by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, Cajun baseball. Um, Supposedly going to be some rain this weekend, so you know you know how it is with baseball and golf and the rain. 
Um, so it is, um, you know, we'll wait and see how that plays out. It is a situation where the Cajuns are, are playing a good team, but I think it's a team they can beat. And and they're, you know, earlier this week when we had our, our presser with Coach Deggs, and we were talking about the different pitching scenarios. One of the things he said, well, we're just going to have to hit. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need to hit yourself. You know, there, there's times where, you know, the pitching needs to back the hitting and that's, that's and, and vice versa and the defense and all. And, and that's, you know, it's just like in football. Sometimes the defense has to do it. Sometimes the offense has to do it. Might be one of those weekends where the, the bats need to cover up the pitching a little bit. So we'll see. What happens? I know one thing, it's baseball, so it's very unpredictable. That's it for the first hour. We'll be back on the other side of this break for hour number two on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You can watch us. On simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, So we did a lot of interviews the first two. The first hour will not have any interviews, don't have any scheduled anyway, for this hour to finish out this week. So if you have any reaction to any of the comments about the Final Four, the matchup, certainly feel free to call Cajun Baseball. We talked a little bit about LSU Baseball, opened up uh, their three-game SEC home conference weekend against Auburn with a 6-5 to five loss. And, um, you know, pitching, everything was fine. It, 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 it's kind of – it can be the craziness of baseball. Like, in eight of the nine innings – LSU's pitchers didn't give up any runs. But in the fifth inning, they gave up six. You just wonder how it's even possible. But that, you know, that happens in baseball sometimes. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, so we'll um we'll see what LSU does in, uh, in game two tonight. And the Cajuns will send Tally to the hill. One of the things that I notice, and again, statistics uh, can be deceiving, but looking at Georgia Southern's team statistics, they um, th- their team ERA is a little over five. So it's not like, and, and again, I, if you don't see a team play, then you really don't know there are things that explain statistics sometimes. Um, so it, it's hard to know that that necessarily means anything. But it, 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 does, it, it does mean that they, you can you 
can score some runs off of them. I mean, their team ERA is five. So, uh, you know, if the Cajuns can have a good weekend, I, I, I could I could pay some dividends. So certainly, if you want to talk Cajun baseball, we could talk about that. Cajun softball is we talked about them quite a bit the last few days. They had a big win over Texas on Wednesday, and we'll see what happens when they go to Texas State. Big so big sports weekend for the two Cajun Diamond sports for sure. Both playing. You know, Texas State's record doesn't show it, but like Coach Glasgow said, he that was his pick to win the league. Now, obviously, he thought he was going to win the league. I mean, you always think. But other than himself, that's who he picked to win the league, Texas State. So it is a um, it, it's a big weekend, no question, for both sports. So anything that you want to discuss about that, certainly. Something else. I, You know, when the season starts – this hit me because I keep hearing, man, it's just, I've just been surrounded by so much negativity and, and, and it's been getting to me around the Saints since last year, really, last offseason. And one of the things that I say every year at the beginning of football season, or at least for a lot of years in a row now, is the mo- one of the worst comments that you can make and that act that drive me up a wall when I'm watching the Saints play is what are you worried about? You winning. I mean, like the Saints might be up, I'm just throwing out a score, 14 to 10. The beginning of the third quarter. And, and a official makes a bad call, or the coach makes a bad decision, or, you know, somebody fumbles or whatever. Something bad happens. And and I'm all and screaming and hollering and upset and pacing and angry and what's wrong? You winning? Well, again, like I the point I always make is it doesn't matter if you're winning. It only matters if you win at the end. It doesn't matter if you're winning. It's just like during the season. Well, what do you? What do you, the, the Saints or whatever, five and two or whatever, and they have a good record, and there's something in the in the game that's just on their team that's just not going well. We say, what What are you worried about? We won the game because the, the, did we just win the Super Bowl? Did the Super Bowl just was it played last Sunday? No, it wasn't played last Sunday. So we got to address this issue. Just like I said last um, summer. Why are you cutting Latavius Murray for Tony Jones? You're trying to turn 41, a Z28, into a dump truck. And so, and at one point, they got, you know, they were five and two. Everything was going great. What were you worried about? What are you worried about? What I'm worried about is my Z28 is now a dump truck. Of course, he made himself a dump truck in Las Vegas too, bozo. But you, 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 you still got to address issues. And I'm saying all of this because it kind of reminds me of you gotta, you gotta have the end in mind. It kind of reminds me of all the people who are panicking and upset right now about where the Saints are a month into or not even a month into free agency. Like, we're still a month away from the draft. 
Why are we drawing conclusions? The Super Bowl is not, I mean, the season doesn't start like Sunday. What does it matter what your roster looks like in late March, early April? It only matters what it looks like going into September. It doesn't matter what your roster looks like now. It's like giving grades, having a report card before the draft is silly. Uh, To me, that's just silly. That's like... What you worried about? You winning? Well, what are you worried about? We don't even have we we're not playing a game till September. It does not matter what your roster looks like right now. Now you might say got off to a good start, like the Ravens roster probably looked real good last year at this time. After they got all these injuries, didn't look so good. I just. And I know injuries really have, well, they kind of play into it. I, I, I just, it just, it struck me with all this negativity I keep having to fight off. It's like, can we, can we, can we give a grade? Can we wait till the draft? <laughs> can we wait till free agency is a, the big main free agency period is over and you have the draft? Then we decide it'd be like after the first, oh, they had a terrible draft. Well, can we at least draft all our draft picks first? Then we decide if we had a terrible draft or not. I mean, they, they've had, uh, what draft was it, 80, 88 maybe, 89, right? Something, one of the drafts in the late 80s, their first-round pick was terrible. The rest of the draft was really good. So I, if, if you judge the draft after the first round, you say, well, this is a terrible draft. Well, after you made all your picks, the draft was pretty good. Had a lot of guys that, that played a lot of big roles in some winning teams. So can we just wait? Like, why are we giving a report card? Why are we determining whether a kid's going to pass his grade in September? Can we get? Can we at least get to, like, April before we start worrying about whether he's going to fail or March? I don't know. It's craziness. Anyway, with all of that said, Mel Kuyper. Look, some people hate Mel Kuyper. Some people... Love him. Mel Kuyper, whatever you think about him, he's put a lot of work into this, made a career. He knows a little bit about it. He's very well connected. So how can a person who understands the history, he still, though, even with all that said, he's a Raven fan, and he's a national guy, and doesn't know anything about the New Orleans Saints, nothing. So, But it's it still amazes me that a guy as smart as him, as well-connected as he is, as many years he's been doing this, in his latest mock draft, he's still picking the Saints to pick a quarterback. He's still doing it. Folks, the Saints are not picking a quarterback in the first round. It's not happening. And 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 most people are not doing it, but Kuyper's still doing it. And Jeremiah's still doing it. Like, they're smarter than that. Why are they still saying it? I, I just don't get it. I mean, why 
are you that smart and you're going to say some, do, you know, make a prediction that's that clueless? Clueless. I'm just telling y'all now. If they're right, we're going to need some serious therapy on this show. I mean, I better talk for weeks. It's going to be really ugly, but there's no way. There's no way they're right. There's just no way. It's just, it's just a clueless prediction. Now, with all of that said, last night before I left work, went through about, I don't know, six or seven draft, mock drafts. All of them are very different. Uh, we might have to start them, like, just about every year, if not every year. Like, the week of the draft, we, we try to say, okay, this is what I think my dra- the draft is going to go like, just to see how many you're going to get right. It's very difficult to get more than about seven or eight right. It's hard. Because trades mess it up. There's all kinds of things that play into it. I, it, it the, the, we might have to start this process like two weeks out. When we in about in about two weeks from now, because it is unbelievable how different everybody's mock drafts are, and am I worried that the receivers that I want the Saints to pick may I'd be there? Of course I am, but most mock drafts have at least one, if not two of the receivers that most of us want the Saints to get going, being picked after the Saints pick. Why? Why they're thinking that? I don't know. I think it, I think a lot of that is going to be determined by how many quarterbacks are taken. So if you're the Lions, are you going to take are you going to take a quarterback at two? Or are you going to wait to pick a quarterback with their picks at the end of the first round, top of the second round? <clears throat> Which is what I would do. If I was the Lions, that's what I would do. If I was the Ornals, that's what I would do. But I think the Ornals are going to pick a quarterback. The team that I don't think is going to pick a quarterback, that I think people are wrong about, a lot of people are picking this team to pick a quarterback. In the one, and I don't think they're going to pick a quarterback, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are they? They're more conservative than most teams. They don't <clears throat> they don't do a lot of rash, uh, impulsive, uh, reactionary moves. They're, they're as stable as any organization. <clears throat> I expect that they're going to pick a wide receiver to help Trubisky or an offensive lineman to help the running backs because they, they drafted a really good running back and their offensive line was weak. So I would expect that they would draft an offensive lineman to help their, 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 their offense or a... wide receiver to help their offense. I do not expect – a lot of people think they're going to pick a quarterback. I do not think they're picking a quarterback. I don't believe that. I think they think Trubisky is going to do fine for them. That's what I think they think. And so I I, I would love if they would 
first of all, when the Steelers don't really trade up. And the Steelers are not a Sears catalog team. So I, I just, hmm. Could there be? It's going to be very important that three quarterbacks go before the Saints, or at least two, hopefully three. It's going to be very important that at least three cornerbacks go before the Saints. And Stingley's a swing guy, I think. I think Stingley could go before the Saints, but a lot of people are questioning him. He could go after. It would be very important. It, 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 it is going to be as as tense and as nervous and as really exciting this draft as any I, I've seen I can remember. I mean, it's going to be <coughs> every pick is going to be unpredictable after one for sure. And I, I guess Aiden Hutchinson's going number one. Everyone's saying that. If he does, then it, then then that'll be pretty what everyone's thinking. But after that, it's gonna every pick's gonna be unpredictable after that. And that's gonna be it's gonna be nerve wracking. I'm not oh man. I don't know. I, I'm I don't know that I'm emotionally ready for this NFL draft, I gotta tell you. Cause and April's here. Today's April the first, so we've got it's fixing to get hot and heavy starting next week talking about that. Anyway. Can we just wait to grade off seasons until the draft at least? It's incredible. All right. That'll do it for this segment. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 1st, 1999, Detroit Pistons guard Joe Dumars scores 18 points in a 107-75 route of the Chicago Bulls. The McNeese legend becomes the 10th player in NBA history to play 1,000 games with the same team. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. That, um, that's the perfect song to sing or to play to calm me down after, you know, I get a little emotion. Because that's, (laughs) you know. I, when I think of that song, I think of lazy Sunday summer afternoon as a kid at my grandparents' house, just kind of chilling. We, we didn't we, we, we didn't say chilling in the seventies, <laughs> but whatever we said in the seventies, what did year, you say? Equivalent of chilling. I don't I don't remember uh, what we said. I, I don't I don't think chilling came around till like the nineties. I don't. Think. I, I feel like it probably didn't. I don't, I don't think, think in the seventies we said chilling. I don't. I don't remember. Because vibing is a thing. Is the thing nowadays, not back then either. What is the thing nowadays? Vibing. Vibing. Yeah. Everything. Well, I don't think I said vibing either. Basically, every word you just lose the g at the end. Right. Right. Anyway, welcome back to the game. One hundred three seven Lafayette. One hundred four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. <coughs> we um. We again it when we get back on Monday, it's gonna be 
the countdown to the draft will begin. It, it, it's been a it's been a weird spring. It seems so far we've been so busy and we didn't start the draft till way later than we normally do. Um, the the only time that we ever really started this late it was the year the Saints didn't have a first round pick. Because uh, normally when they have um, a first round pick, it, it's it's a serious discussion, especially when it's a first round pick that seems so important. I mean, it, it's uh, there. You know, it seems like there's a couple serious needs that the draft, fortunately, uh, is strong in where the Saints have need areas. And so it's good, and but it also makes it very important. And so, you know, we're going to be getting to that for sure in the um, hot and heavy starting next week. The the, the other thing that, that is so interesting about this draft is there are so many, and I mentioned a couple of the names last week, I mean in the last segment, there are so many that are um, really kind of crucial guys in the prediction process because, again, some people have Stingley from LSU going in the top 10. Some of them have him going all the way into the 20s. It, it, the opinion on him is very different. <clears throat> uh, Devin Loy, linebacker. I've seen him all the way in the last week, mocked all the way to the second round. And I've seen him going in the early teens. Huge difference. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau's not that different, but I've seen him pick second, and I've seen him, it seems like right now he's dropping. You know, I've seen him go, you know, into the low teens. And Hamilton is a guy who, some people have gone like two, three, or four, and some people have him going, you know, I think the latest I've seen him is about 13. Drake London, the wide receiver that, you know, if you say right now, Kevin, who 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 do you want the Saints to pick in the first round? I would say Drake London. And I've seen Drake London as high as four, and I've seen him into the 20s in mocks. Now, I, I guess some of these mocks, the ones that have them in the 20s, saw one last night in the 20s. <clears throat> and I think the people that have him in the 20s are thinking, well, he was injured a lot last year. He missed a lot of the offseason evaluation process, and that's going to hurt him, which could happen. Now, he, he was injured a little earlier than Jamison Williams was. And injuries and anything that happens off the field in a negative way always seems to impact, you know, whether how early someone is picked. Um, drafts are normally a long-term process. But when you're the Saints and your need at wide receivers seems to be as I don't think it's quite as bad as some are saying, but for a glass half full fan like myself, 
Uh, even I have to admit, it, it's a pretty big need. Like, they need one. And, and they need to pick a wide receiver in the first round. And so it's, it's you know, it's nerve-wracking. Like, they got to get one. And when you need one as bad as they seem to need one to kind of make the whole picture look nice, Again, I'm not talking about for the negative. The, 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 the negative ones, I mean, it, it, it's not going to matter. They're just negative. But, uh, and, the, and, the, and it's more than negative. They're stuck in their negativity, and they can't get past it. But can you afford, normally it's a long-range process, the draft. But can you afford this year where the Saints are in their wide receiver situation and where the offense is and where the quarterback is and where the running game is. They need to pick a running back, a free agent running back. Everybody's talking about safety, and I want a free agent safety too, but they need a free agent running back. They need a veteran running back, not a rookie. Not a rookie. They need a veteran running back. Um, can they afford to pick Jamison Williams if he's not going to play till November? Now, you say, man, that's really short-sighted thinking. It might be. You know, but again, I'm at, I I didn't say it as a statement. I asked it as a question. As a Saints fan, can they afford to pick Jamison Williams if he's not going to be available till November? Again, I don't they have to one make that determination. One he has to fall. But I think his chances of falling are good because he's not going to be available probably or some think until November. Maybe it's October. So if he's going to – if he's if you if you're convinced that he's the best receiver out there and he's going to have the biggest impact, can you afford to wait a month or two for him? <clears throat> Every other year I'd say absolutely. Are you crazy? Of course you can. You don't draft a guy for a month or two months. You draft a guy because you think you might get eight to ten years out of him. And if that's your response, I say that makes sense. That's sound thinking. But right now, so many of us are like, man, this offense has to get, needs all the help it can get right now. We're trying to get some more momentum as an offensive football team. Can, and, 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 this guy is not coming in to be a, a weight. This guy, they, you know, all these draft experts who say these are plug and play receivers in the first round. You got you. The Saints' offense needs a plug and play receiver, just like the Eagles need a plug and play receiver. And so, can you afford to wait? Maybe he's the only one that you have graded that high left, and you don't have a choice. That's that's very possible. It's very possible. Wilson's going to be gone. Alave's going to be gone. And the only and, and London's going to be gone. And the only one because just because of his injury, that's the only reason that's going to be left is Williams. And at that point, I think you got to take him. Or at that point, do you say, well, as much as we like this guy, we also have a needed safety. Or we also have a need at um, offensive tackle, and we'll pick one of these other receivers in the second round. And that could work. That could work. 
I'm just saying all of these things that we're discussing are scenarios that we're going to be discussing a lot over the next three weeks, four weeks, and are scenarios that we're going to really be fretting about on draft night. It's, it's, you know, I remember a couple, what was that, two years ago, we won, I mean, I won it, Murray, 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 linebacker from Oklahoma, and it went all the way up to the pick, and he kept dropping, and he kept dropping, and he kept dropping, and I'm like, this is working out perfect, and then right before the Saints were about to pick, the Chargers trade up and pick Murray, and I, I was just devastated. I mean, it was just, you. I mean, it was just a humongous punch in the gut. Humongous. Now, it might all work out because I didn't want Pete Werner. I was not high on Pete Werner going into the draft last year, but Pete Werner turned out to be pretty good. I, he he turns out to be better than I thought he was going to be. All right, I messed up. Let's Before we get to a break, let's get go to the phone lines and talk to Mike. Hello. Kevin, I think you answered my question. What is this? I thought I was listening to history for a while in this segment of the last, and Kevin Foote was actually advocating for the Saints to pick a receiver in the first round. I never thought I'd ever hear that, so I think I was listening to history being made. So my question is, what made you change your mind on that? We advocated against that for so long. And the second part question is, would you be upset if they took a tackle in the first round and a receiver in the second? Uh, actually, I think that's the way I would go, actually, because if there's that many receivers, remember, Michael Thomas was a second-round pick. Um, so those are my questions. What made you change your mind, and is, would it be okay to get a tackle instead of a receiver first and, and swap person second? All right. I'll hang up and listen to the answer. All right, thanks. <clears throat> no, I um, – what made me change my mind is – I'm buying that there are four or five plug-and-play wide receivers. I I think some are overrating how all these receivers are going to – probably one of these is going to be not as good as everyone thinks they're going to be. But I think the need right now is just – it's kind of like, as they say, perfect storm kind of stuff. There are more Justin Jeffersons coming out that are making impact, so there's more ex- there's more reason to believe than at any time in the last 20 years or so that that you ha- there's you have a at least a decent chance. Now you used to not have a very good chance at all of picking a receiver in the first round, and he come in and play. Now it looks like um, there there's at least an above 50 percent chance that the guy's going to at least be productive his rookie year. Plus, the need is so important. Now, look, if the Saints sign some really good free agent wide receiver between now and the draft, I might change my mind a little bit about that they need to pick it in the first round. I also think, to answer your other question, that there's that many tackles. Like, there could be 10, 11, 12 wide receivers picked in the first two rounds. There could be 10 or 11 offensive tackles picked in the first two rounds. And the other reason I say all of this is this. I believe that the Saints are more willing to have James Hurst be their starter at tackle than they are Traquan Smith be their number two wide receiver. So I think if if, if, 
I, I just think they they like their their potential starters if the season started Sunday now at tackle more than they like their potential number two receiver if the season started going before the, Sunday before the draft starts and that so yeah I'd be okay with flipping them but I just think that they're better off doing it this way because I think they can get a really good offensive tackle in the second round just like they could get a really good wide receiver but I think they that the need is a little more at wide receiver than it is at tackle good question uh that's just kind of what I'm thinking and yes I've already admitted I I'm 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 all I gotta say is it better work <laughs> they do uh yeah I've been fighting this wide receiver in the first round thing forever and if I finally give in because of the need and all that and and, and the recent trend it better work. He better not be Robert Meacham. We'll take a break way overdue, and we'll come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because... I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, I needed that. That one hit the spot. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game hotline is 706 0111. I want to follow up and give a little more of an answer to what what uh, Mike's question was because it's the second time this week someone has said, wait a minute, you're Mr. You never pick a wide receiver in the first round guy, and I've been that way for decades. But I, I do think that it's changing, and I also, a little bit. So, again, I'm not whole – I'm not going to do this every year. I just think it's kind of when you when you have that sliding scale of talent level – where the college game is in terms of the draft is going headed and the need it just kind of it just seems to make sense for the first time in a long long time the other thing is even though you have strong convictions about things you still got to allow for exceptions here and there now, i'm not talking about on like really moral issues uh, but I, i'm just uh, there's some scenarios where yeah, you have a you have a trend, and ex- especially when it's sports, and we just don't believe in that, and we don't really believe in doing that so much. But every once in a while, it just works out where maybe you ought to just be open-minded to a different way of doing it right now because it just seems to make a lot of sense. Like, like there might be a food out there that if you put a chocolate chip in it, it makes it better, but I just haven't come up with one yet right now. I just haven't come up with one. There might be one one day where I'll say, man, it's a good thing they put chocolate chips in this. It made it better. Why? Like, wh- like I, I just, I don't understand. I can't stand chocolate chips. That makes no sense. It, <laughs> see, it just makes no sense. It does not. Does it I, make sense? Does I might it make be dollars? the only person in America, and I know I'm not because if someone has backed me up on this before, I, I, wish they would, I wish they would just make a chocolate chip cookie and just get the chocolate chips out of here. Just give me the other part of the cookie. And that's basically like a, fu- a 
No. It's better. It's basically a chocolate cookie. Yeah, do you like regular chocolate? You still want chocolate chips? I love, like, I like chocolate. I like a Hershey's with almonds. Okay. I like a Hershey's with almonds. You got to have nuts in it. No, you don't. I don't like nuts in my chocolate. I don't like nuts in my ice cream. I don't like nuts in my brownies. I mean, I'll eat a regular Hershey's bar and enjoy it without the almonds, but I much prefer Hershey bar with almonds. That's oh, like no. top. That's like a you top five candy. You take the regular Hershey's bar, like I am showing on simulcast that no one is seeing, of course, like this. And what I will go do, and I will break up each of these into like their own little individual pieces. And I will take a knife and I will put peanut butter in between two pieces. It's like my own Reese's. Okay. But no, I don't like no, no nuts that's in my chocolate. Th- I like Snickers though. So I sense, don't hate my, the to answer the question. I don't hate chocolate. Now I don't love like I have a brother. One of my brothers just loves chocolate. Just loves it. I, I don't really love 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 chocolate, but I like it a lot. I mean, I love Hershey's bar with almonds. I like you know a lot of. Oh I like chocolate God. in a lot, but but chocolate chip is just awful. Like someone but, gave me a piece of cake the other day, and it was great, except for they put chocolate chips in it, and it just I wasn't totally able to chocolate. enjoy it. It's awful. It is, and most times, I'm in a full crunch, even just give me the cookie it's been without in the chocolate oven, chips. In an oven, then the chocolate chips have melted some. In a cookie, they have melted some because they were put into an oven where it is heated. So how do like, I understand if you don't like the texture of red chocolate chips, like, straight out the bag, like Nestle's chocolate chips. Yeah. I understand that. But that you don't like actual chocolate chips to where, like, they're in a cookie or if they're in a brownie, that makes no sense because they're heated, so it's not the same I don't texture. think anyone ever makes it that way, though, right? Because it's not a, I've heard people say, well, that's just a sugar cookie. Well, no. A chocolate chip cookie, the batter is not the same as a sugar cookie. No, it is not. It is totally so, different. I, I would like for someone to just make the chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chips. Whatever that is. I don't even think there's a name for it because no one ever makes it. No, you're basically taking regular batter for I would cookie enjoy, yeah, and I would enjoy melting that much chocolate more. and then drizzling it in to where it mixes in, but then it's basically just chocolate cookie. It's like a fudge cookie. No, not. I don't want the chocolate. I want just the other part, the brown part. What is that called? I don't even think there's a name for it because no a, one makes a, it that bl- way. Yeah, it's a, bling, it's a bland. I will figure out. I will find a recipe of how to make chocolate chip cookies, and it, I just won't put the chocolate. It's chips like in there. I love oatmeal cookies, but there's so many people feel like you got to put raisins in it. Well, no, you don't have just to do that. Oatmeal that, cookies. I don't like. Why raisins. you got to put raisins in it? Like the ones they have, I can't get the name of the actual brand, but the ones that have like the white icing that's like very, very thin, that's like dried. I like those oatmeal cookies. Oh yeah, yeah. little Debbie. Oh, well, oh look, old Debbie. Uh, Tucktail and I have very few things in common, and one of them is we both love Little Debbie oatmeal. But you're talking about the old school oatmeal cookies with the white yeah. glaze. Oh yeah, I grew up eating. I that. love those. Those are that's when that's why I first found out that I actually do like the oatmeal cookies. I sound like the raisins in it. As a kid, I'll spit them out. <laughs> as a kid, many a time I've drank milk and eaten those oatmeal cookies while I was whatever the 1970s and 80 version of chilling was, like we talked about earlier. No, yeah, I, lo- I love I those. Even those found are good. That. But again, if you put chocolate chips in that, it would ruin it. I will find a recipe that you actually have to add the chocolate chips in there, and I'll make it and not put the chocolate chips in there. I just, just want to know, you. what's the what's the name of that batter? It's not a sugar cookie. Like, what would be the name batter. of that cookie? This would be a cookie. What would be the name of that cookie if someone actually made a chocolate? It wouldn't. It's not a chocolate chip cookie. I just don't know what else to call it. The chocolate chip cookie. 
the brown batter in a chocolate chip cookie sands the chocolate chips. It would literally just be a cookie. You just no, but it a there cookie. has to be a name for it. What a would bland be the- cookie. <laughs> I mean, that's still the original cookie because you can take regular cookie batter and you can put like peanut butter in it to make peanut butter cookies. Peanut butter cookies are bbomb.com overall favorite cookie. I I really like peanut butter, but I don't love that either. (gasps) I don't love. Snickerdoodles are good too. Oh, see, I love those. Yes. I love those. But that's, like, that's how you like you know what kind of cookie it is if you see like the one that has like the indentions of a fork. Peanut butter cookie. We need to come up with a name for the cookie. Okay. Does anybody know anybody that works in like a bit? Ba- I bet you there's not really even a name for that cookie. I don't know. Someone actually is calling. Maybe they know the answer. Chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chips. What is that called? That, but it's good. That's what that I would enjoy way more than a chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate chips. I don't know how we got on that. But um. Oh, it's because earlier she brought up chocolate chips and I told her I didn't like chocolate chips. That's where that came from. Not not a fan of chocolate chips. They ruin most things that they're in. If one day I eat something and there's a chocolate chip in it and it's still really good and, and actually uh, tomorrow I think is the uh, there's a chance for that because I heard I'm going to be at an event tomorrow where someone told me what they're they're making a dessert and it sounds incredible now. The chocolate chips, I don't think it can ruin it because this sounds so incredible that even a chocolate chip couldn't ruin. But we it, in, it won't enhance it. We were so deep in conversation, I couldn't even answer our phone call. So I finally got to it. It's Paul. He wants to comment on this. Let's see what he has to say. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, listen, it's Manny. Uh, I, I, who, who hasn't said I was? I think Hannah's getting me. Don't she don't. She don't answer my phone call. Maybe she thinks I'm somebody else. Yeah. I'm not sure. Hey, Kevin. Uh, okay. Now, you know, Kevin, you and I go way back. But man, so, sometimes you talk to yourself. Chocolate chip in cookies? You, how can it? Awful. How do you, you not like a chocolate chip in chocolate chip cookies? Kevin? No. That's incredible. Take them out. Listen, I, I, when my wife buys chocolate chips to make Cookies or whatever, uh, she got to hide the bag. I'll eat every chocolate chip, I mean, straight out of the bag. I'll just eat them until I feel ill. Okay, uh, so ask your wife when she makes them, what would the cookie be called if you didn't put the chocolate chips in it? <laughs> I need to know the answer to that. I mean, the only thing would be, would be the original be, cookie. It would just be uh, a cookie. I don't know. It would <laughs> just be called it's a cookie. cookie. It's got to have a name. Is that, well, There's no, no way. It, it, it's another kind of cookie. You got when you buy a chocolate chip mix, you make it. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, okay, okay. Let's go back. Let's go back to sports. Okay, all right, Kevin. I miss uh, who you want to take now. I just you know, tune, I had tuned in. Oh, I want to. I, I, I want to pick. I mean, want? I want Drake London, but I don't think he's going to be there. I want to oh, pick. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I want a I wide receiver in the first round. So you want who? Alabama guy. No, 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 no. My first pick would be Drake London, if not right. Alave. But but if they're right. neither one of them are there, then I think you might have to just pull the trigger on on Williams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Williams is is uh, is definitely a guy that I think, when healthy, you know, is going to be. I think he's going to be a big time player. I, I don't see any downside to him. 
But, uh, uh, you know, I got uh, that, that dog at night. You know, I don't have the name in front of me. Normally when I call you, I'm prepared, but I was driving, and uh, you caught me off going with the chocolate chip. I was, uh, I'm waiting a little later. I got a guy from – if we go in the second round, I got a guy from uh, North Dakota. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, I'm If they pick in the second round, I'm all good with him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He supposedly is a – has a real big upside, and they ran great routes. Right. And yeah, I mean, he, he's big and fast. Christian he, yeah, Watson. They go in the second round. Christian Watson. If they go tackle him, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah no, I, I, like I agree. I like Alabama kid a but, lot. But I, I think, think Christian Watson's not going to be there when the Saints pick in the second round. But we overdo, yeah. Manny. Call, call back okay, Monday. Like, we want to talk more I'll about this. All right. See you next week. All right. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be back on the game. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And, of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of Saints fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we went way too long with that last segment. We'll blame it on Hannah because she was the one that brought up the chocolate chips. But, um, Here's a homework assignment. We got to come up with the name of a cookie with the batter for a chocolate chip without the chocolate chip. And it can't be chocolate chipless cookie. That's not the name. That's a description. So we got to come up with the name of this cookie that I wish I could eat. Chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chips. It's got to have a name. Hopefully we can find that out. It's going to be an exciting sports weekend. We'll talk about that maybe and everything else come Monday. Laura Will, and y'all have a nice, safe weekend.